Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And that life of a small business owner, don't you ever just wonder why people wake up one day and are like, man, I want to be in business for myself. Yes, I do. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but today we had a client meeting, mm-hmm. our B&I meeting, mm-hmm. and our podcast. Yep. Thursdays are wonderful days. I love Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Yep. And then we have wonderful people like our previous episode with Diego Munoz, KW Commercial Realty. Uh, just good people and good stories and just the, the knowledge he brings, the experience he brings. You two had really good conversations about what a team should look like how to build it, what you're looking for. So I enjoyed that very much. Gotta have an amazing team. I'm super lucky to have an awesome partner like you. Thank you. And you're, uh, I don't, have we discussed that your empire is growing? Or at least your footprint is growing in real no. estate? No. Aren't you moving a little west and a lot east? I am. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm building a new house. No, no, no. I meant you're oh. showing houses at the beach now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So anybody's got a house that needs a, you know, a badass agent. Yep. Uh, just give Trinity a call. Yeah. Move moving on up and over and <laughs> pretty exciting stuff. You start selling some more houses there. You guys are gonna <laughs> buy a house there, right? Have a weekend house. Well, I'm you know, I'm always at um, an impasse when somebody approaches me and wants to know if they should start a business Mm -hmm. because my question back to them is, Hey, I have about 50 questions for you to help you figure out because it's not just cut or dry. Um, and today we are going to dig into a lot of statistics about Mm -hmm. what it means to be a small business owner. And I thought that this would be a great way to kind of, palate cleanse and really think through um, the pros and the cons of being in small business, what it looks like, and also an update on what's happening in the world and the economy. Because right now we officially have gone through, you know, an entire year of COVID, Mm -hmm. which none of us saw coming. I think we've seen some of the greatest shifts that we will ever see um, you know, with the majority of people working from home and virtual learning. And I mean, mm-hmm. all these things that if you would have said a year ago, hey, this stuff's going to happen, we would have all been like, give me the Vegas sauce yeah, on like, the dance, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, we're still here. We're still wearing our masks. Everyone's getting their shots. Things are starting to open back up. Bars are open back to 2 a.m. again. If only I had the energy to go out <laughs> that late. But, um, but you're good till midnight. Come on, yeah, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah, you know, usually Scott and I are in bed by 1030, so we'll be pushing it. But, you know, I was doing some research prior to the show because I really started thinking about, you know, what does it take for somebody to be successful in running their business? And, you know, what are the chances of, because like you just said, if you're going to Vegas, you want to know what your odds are. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, is there anything that, unlike Vegas and gambling, there are things that you can do to increase your odds and not be (laughs) one of the statistics, unless you want to be one of the positive statistics. So. Um, and I'm just going to start, you know, by the Small Business Administration does a ton of polls and, you know, we pulled all our information from them. So um, and this is the most updated data that I could find um, actually from February. So this is all really recent and current information. Um, but, Mike, did you know that 50 percent of small businesses will survive five years? I think we've seen that number before, yeah. Um, 33% will make it 10 plus. Okay. Which means that if you're a small business owner and you're looking around at a networking event, you're going to see over half of the people that you're networking with not be there in a few years. And if you're starting today, you have a 67% chance of not making it to 10 years. (laughs) But I think... A lot of that plays into what we do as business coaches, which is basically help people improve their odds. Um, There are dozens of studies that show that the main reasons that people wind up closing up shop or failing in their business is because they um, don't have the right systems and structures in place or they don't have the right management team. And those are two things that we work with a lot of our clients on is to make sure that your business is actually being ran as a business, that you are on top of your financials, and that you are leading and managing your team in such a way that it's contributing to your growth and you're not one of those business owners that, you know, is constantly churning through employees or, um, because that's really expensive. And I wish that I had a number, um, more recently, but back when I was doing recruiting, um, four or five years ago, the, they had said that the average cost of bringing on a new hire was somewhere between 20 and 30 grand. Mm -hmm. And if you think about, you know, people that are churning through employees, like mm. <laughs> that, that's just racking up. Right. And what we forget is the time spent from the moment you decide I need to create or fill this position, the time, the, the person hours that are spent on, okay, we got to write the ad for the position. We got to write job description so we know what they're going to be doing. Got to get the, you know, we got to look at all the resumes that come in. Then we got to interview. Is it the right person? And you add two or three people into that process, you know, and that goes a month. Just look at that alone. And you didn't even, pay, you didn't even hire them yet. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, I found also something very interesting that, so the um, SBA said that 26% of people that opened a small business did it in order to be their own boss. Oh, I think, oh, I... And then I'm like, well, what about the other 80%? I thought that number would be higher. Right? Like, I want to know the other half of that information. Like, why did these other people do it? What? So, listeners, I want to know, because most of you that listen are small business owners, shoot us an an email, info at wiredochange.com. I'm really curious why your number one driving reason for why you got into being your own boss or, um, you know, 
if you can think back that far. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are thinking of mm-hmm. getting into business, I want to know why. Because I think that 26% is a, seems like a really low number to me. I thought it'd be way, I thought it'd be two thirds of the people yeah. wanting to be their own boss. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, all these other people that didn't want to be their own boss, do they just like hate working for themselves? Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I would imagine it would be for the flexibility or they were tired of the corporate world, but no, that would mean that they want to be their own boss. Their own boss. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, I think that the flexibility, we always talk about that the flexibility is earned over time. It's not something that is automatic because you have to put in the sweat equity and, you know, um, you have to be there managing and growing your business. Mm. Um, and I, you know, would be shocked to see anyone that's able to come in and be completely flexible from day one and still have mm. success yeah. because the average small business owner is working 40 to 60 hours a week, if not more. Which is where we come in with systems. With, yes. Yep. And I want to go back to your earlier point that just popped into my mind, something you talk about all the time. You talk about the churn and burn of employees, mm-hmm. and you preach all the time, slow to hire, quick to fire. Quick to fire, yes. Take your time and get it right because your business, you may have a wonderful product or service, but we're here to tell you it's about the people. A, you have to be a little different, but a lot of people are hiring you because there's a thousand competitors you have, and they've gotten to know you, they're hiring you. So be very slow to hire to get the right person. Yeah. And we're Is that hiring. Stuff any good? I'm drinking aloe water. Um, I love this aloe water. Right. It took a little bit to get used to because it has chunks of aloe in it. Ugh. So it was a little weird drinking something and uh. I'm like strain it through my teeth and then chew on the aloe chunks. Well, that's very good thing you're married and <laughs> off the market. But it's from Trader Joe's, my favorite place to go because they have cheap wine. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Two bottles of wine, one bottle of aloe. I like your mix. <laughs> So the net, so if you think about it, so 26% of people opened a small business to be their own boss, which means that a bunch of people didn't. And then the average entry level um, business owner in their first one to five years can expect to earn um, less than $60,000 a year. Oh, yeah. So it's like, obviously, oh. they're not in it for the money mm-hmm. and they're not in it to be their own boss. So I really want to know people info at wiretochange.com. I want to know why you decided to get into business. Because if it wasn't for the money and it wasn't to be your own boss, where what are the other um, yep. factors Fact, there? Yeah. Yep. And let's talk about that less than 60000 I would love to see the number on the first year of owning your own business. That's got to be less than 20000 yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen a lot of businesses that, you know, don't start making money for a couple of years. And that's very, you need to have a plan in place yep. in order to bridge that gap. Um, the, you know, the small business owner that is overpaying themselves um, is probably going to have some cash flow issues and wind up having to like fire or lay some people off. Um But if you're really looking to get into business or if you are in business, 
and um, you're doing better than that 60,000, congratulations and kudos to you for being above average. You should teach a class. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I was thinking about recently, because in the real estate world, I deal with a lot of vendors, right? Mm. So carpenters and plumbers and electricians and everybody has just been slam damn busy. Um, it is so hard to get somebody and to have them be reliable. I mean, painters are just, you know, they're all just at their wits end, super slammed. Um, and 40% of those people that are currently working in the trades are going to be retiring in the next decade. You know, we had this conversation, boy, must, this must've been at least a year ago. And I think the number's right that, 80 or 85% of the electricians in the state of North Carolina were over like the age of 55. Something re- goes back to your point, yeah. something ridiculous. Oh, and then I was talking to um, a friend of mine who is a surveyor and his, and he was the youngest surveyor. Um, and he does, you know, land surveys and stuff around North Carolina. And he said that he was the youngest by about 20 years and that his dad actually was a surveyor, and that's what got him into it. And all of the surveyors are his dad's age. So there's going to be this, they're all going to retire, and then we're going to have no surveyors unless somebody goes and starts a survey company. So if you're thinking about starting a business, um, carpenters, plumbers, construction workers, you know, anything in the trades is a great business to own. And... Mm. I am predicting that we are going to see a shift. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think we're going to see a shift where people go back to vocational schools instead of pushing everybody to go to college. Because this all happened because there were people like me back in the 90s, and I would say the 80s and 90s, the big push was in order to get a good job, you had to have a college degree. Yep. So everybody was going to college that could possibly get in or scrape by or get a scholarship and everybody's getting degrees and bullshit. I mean, my college roommate graduated with a degree in literature, some kind of Spanish literature or something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you're going to get a job doing what exactly? You just paid, you know, a shit ton of money to be able to read, but like, so I think that that created this huge gap um, where we have a lot of highly educated people who don't know how to do anything. My brother-in-law is an HVAC person by trade through a trade school. Mm -hmm. And he is making more money than most of the people I know that have a degree. Yeah. And let me tell you when, so this goes back, he's what, 63, I think. This goes back to the mid 80s and early 90s. We would go visit them and they were in Atlanta. And people, I've seen people meet him and say, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm an, an HVAC company. And they're like, oh. It's like, wait, you can't look, you know, they're just looking, oh, oh, that's all you do? Oh, you're a trades guy? And he's making more money. Buku bucks. Yes. Yeah, the um, 
all of these um, skilled trades are <coughs> in super high demand. Yeah. They are, I think, the market in general thinks, oh, you're a plumber, like, ew. Do you know how much plumbers make? They yeah. are freaking rolling. Yeah. So I think that there's going to be a big uptick in in people going back and becoming Good. skilled tradespeople. I hope you're right. Um, and they can get into the market quicker. They don't have to wait four years to finish a degree in business. Yes, yeah, right. I mean, they can go not only go to a trade school, but they can be an apprentice under somebody. It's like, it's oh, man, it just makes so much sense. And I would love to see a change in how the skilled trades and then also just other professions um, handle teaching people how to run a business. I think that there's a lot of opportunity (laughs) that, um, you know, yeah, you learn how to be a great electrician, but then there's the other aspect of, okay, now that I'm an electrician, um, mm. How do I actually start and run and manage a business? Which is the exact conversation we had with one of our clients this morning because he's great at his profession, but he was like, "I have no idea now what I'm doing and running my own business." So and we've we've heard these stories about people coming out of med school. Yeah, they teach you well, and even in real estate, you've said this before. They just most of the classes are how to keep your ass out of jail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't teach you anything about running a business. So the small business statistics that I was researching also suggest that, um, like, the meal kit delivery services and all of these, you know, like, packages that you can buy are huge right now. Software engineering um, and then anything to do with senior care is going to be, is going, it's expected that that's going to be a great opportunity for people to get into. My people, please take care of me and my people. (laughs) So if you're thinking about starting a business or you're in business currently and maybe you want to make a change or Mm. somebody's asking you, I would, I'm just thinking about, you know, when Scott and I have a kid, um, I want to give them the option and say, hey, you can go to college, you can go to trade school, like the world is your oyster. You don't necessarily have to have a college degree in order to be successful. Yep. Yeah, tech and healthcare. If you have any, going back to our previous episode with Diego, if you have a passion in either one of those industries, you probably ought to look at something. Yeah. Look at any options, any opportunities you have there. And I think that it's, if you're thinking about like being passionate about what you're doing, if you're not a people person, then a job where you're, you know, a mechanic or an engineer or something that you're not people facing really makes a whole lot of sense. Um, And there's a lot of money to be made there and there's a huge demand for it. So I'd say go for it. Oh yeah. But figure out first how to run it as a business. You don't need six years of schooling or anything to learn how to run a business. We we recommend you get some coaching. It'd be great if you hire us, but go find a coach. But just understand how it's supposed to work. Right. You can't. You may know your trade, which is wonderful, but if you can't put it into a business model to make a living, you're going to struggle. It's the simple things of oh, invoicing. And marketing. Well, I, I've 
I've hung my shield, my my shingle out, and I do this. So I have a lot of friends. I mean, my family knows I'm doing this. Do not make that assumption. Do not rely on any of that. Tell everybody, but don't assume that, oh, well, yeah, Trinity does that. No, you got to keep keep getting out there. Keep getting out there and telling people, hey, I'm a realtor. I'm looking for people to buy or sell a house. Give me a referral. The other thing that I found really interesting when thinking about this, because, you know, we see so many people who appear to be confident and appear to have it all together. You know, we live in this digital age where people are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, God forbid. I'm still trying to learn how to use that freaking thing. Hoping for an update. But... (laughs) Almost 30% of these small business owners um, wind up leaving the business and having their business fail because they ran out of money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is due to just not having a good business model or having a really poor product offering. I think that is something that um, when we are working with a new client, if they're just getting started, we have them go do a bunch of market research to test the market before they invest and dump a bunch of money into something because 42% of small businesses fail because there's no need, no desire, no demand for their product or services. And I'm thinking about um, a couple of different people that I know personally that are really floundering in their business because they just were very, they're visionaries, right? They're, they're out there wanting to do something new and exciting, but they're, they didn't really think it through and they sunk a shit ton of money into building websites and building, you know, putting all these things in place without ever really figuring out if there was a demand for it. Mm. So um, I think that that's something that is really important and also important if you're going to do like a new product launch or a new service launch. You know, uh, there was a book that I read um, a long time ago, but one of the premises was fire, uh, fire bullets, not cannonballs. Okay. Right. So, you know, make little shots first mm-hmm before you invest in throwing in the whole thing. And that is one of the best pieces of advice that I could say a small business owner could have because so many of us are visionaries and we tend to want to activate things and get it going. But if you spend all of your money and resources on something that nobody's ever going to buy, (laughs) then you're going to wind up being one of these unfortunate statistics. And find your niche there if you're looking for golfers, but you sell left-handed clubs, there are plenty of left-handed golfers. You In the real estate world, you could find a niche within a price range or an area. You could be the, if anybody wants to buy a house in Cary, North Carolina, well, you got to call Trinity. I mean, she knows everything about the area. You can niche that way. Now, if somebody calls you from Raleigh, yeah, you're going to talk to them. But find a market that needs what you do. If you are a painter, do you do different things that others don't do? Do you have a specialty that there may be fewer clients there, but they all want what you do and they're willing to pay for it? So don't ever say, I can help anybody. 
because we're not going to help you. You're telling us to stop everybody we meet. Hey, do you need help from so-and-so? And we're not going to do that. Tell us where to go fish and specifically, but don't just stand up and go, oh, well, I'm going to open this business because everybody needs this. Wrong. 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 And you're going to annoy everybody right. with all of your... Yes pestering. I'm thinking right. of one person in particular that visited our B&I chapter a couple weeks back. Yes. And he was yes. just like, yep. sales vomit. And everybody was like, no, we're not letting him into our chapter. <laughs> and do, do most everybody need a lot of services? Yes. But do they want yours? Yeah. I find that um, one of the my favorite things to do is watch Shark Tank yes. because um, it's amazing to me some of the ideas that these people have. Some of them are just brilliant. And I'm like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> like, that is so smart. You mean like post-it notes? <laughs> yeah. But then some of them, I'm like, you sunk your entire life savings and your children's college fund and everything, and like, and you haven't even started producing <laughs> your widgets yet like so you definitely need to have a plan and I think that working with somebody even before you get started can be really beneficial to help you think through all these things so you don't wind up in that situation yeah. um, and the other thing that um, is going to be really interesting in the future with how much we're doing virtually is that they're predicting that 95% of purchases are going to be made through e-commerce yep. by 2040. And I think we're seeing a big shift. Man, that number sped up fast. <laughs> yeah. And it was really interesting to me because this happened um, last night. I was having one of my clients pay a carpet vendor. We're putting new carpet in his house before we list it. And he was like, well, will they take a check because... Um, I don't feel comfortable paying with my credit card. I was like, this isn't 1970. <laughs> like people yeah. pay with, the, I mean, I feel like it's more secure to pay with your credit card because you can go cancel it and yeah. deny it than to write a check. And now someone has your checking information. Yeah. The only question I ask people that say that. Uh, I say, well, you go out to dinner, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, how do you pay? Well, we pay with the credit card. I'm like, what so that waiter's going to turn, that waiter waitress is turning their back on you and taking that card out of your line of sight. What's the difference? Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It It's just, but e-commerce is going to become such a huge component oh. of, just our daily lives. And now you can buy your groceries online and everything can be delivered. You mean it's, like Amazon? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention them because, you know, we're talking about small businesses yes, yes. and 99.9%, um, .9%, I think it is, um, of all businesses are small businesses. Yes. Which, and I think that they define small businesses as um, 500, in 500, the US. yeah, yep. 500 employees or fewer. Yep. Um, uh, 98.2% um, have less than 100 employees. Yep. But if you think about the fact that 99.9% .9 of all U.S. businesses are small businesses and we are only making um, 
I think half of the money. And mm. I think that that, I mean, I'm not a regulator, but I'm trying really hard to curb my Amazon habit and support more mm. small business owners because yep. I think that number, it, it, it just shocked me how we could be not, not how we could be, you know, almost all the businesses in the U S that are driving the economy are small businesses, but then we're still throwing all of our money at these giant conglomerates like Walmart, yeah. Amazon. And you shop locals, wonderful. And if B and I and Trinity and I talk about B and I business networking international all the time, if B and I has taught me anything, it's shop local because I generally have a phone number of somebody I need, I need to call instead of a 1-800 number. But when you're looking at small businesses and you want to shop local, do a little research. If, if one of your favorite stores has a national name, do a little research because it could be a franchise like McDonald's. It's a big international corporation, but those are franchisees. The person in your town likely owns two or three McDonald's, but they're a local businessman. Mm -hmm. uh, but check those things out to make sure that, okay, that most of that money is going to stay local versus, you know, Trinity's Burger, Trinity's Burgers, all that's going to stay local. Please support that. But there's some corp some national names that are in fact small owned by small business owners. Yeah, like Chick-fil-A. Love it. Yep. I was just totally distracted by the thought of so Scott loves watching Bob's Burgers. Yes. And I was just thinking, man, if I owned a burger joint, I would be I would definitely be 600 pounds cuz I would just want to eat all the hamburgers all the time. <laughs> and I wonder at some point in time if they just get tired of that food and they don't eat it. Because like uh, singers, I don't sing that song anymore. Right, but it made you rich. Yeah, but I don't want to sing that song anymore. <laughs> I was going through the McDonald's drive-through the other morning, um, grabbing a coffee and a biscuit, and the girl that was sitting in the office, I could see her through the drive-through window, and she was eating Bojangles. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. The vast majority of business owners could benefit greatly from better systems and structures and processes. Yes. Given by the fact that 45% of small business owners use a CRM. Mm -hmm. So they're using some sort of contact management system, which means that over half are using nothing. Excel, if that. Right. If that. So there's just this huge area of opportunity just to get your ducks in a row. You know, where do you keep your email list? Where do you, you know, having a CRM and having something that is that you're structured, that's keeping track yep. of your business is so important. I was kind of debating whether or not, because there's, there's a lot of information out there, of course, when it comes to advertising and marketing and, you know, how important is it to be on each of these social media sites? How important is it to have a functioning website? And I think that's one of the first questions that um, we get asked a lot, whether somebody's been in business for a really long time or are just getting started is, you know, how important is my website? Because you might not have your website set up to be where people go to purchase your product or service, but most people are going to Google you or go to your website at some point to yes. verify that you're like a real business. Mm -hmm. 
And I know that it drives me batty when I go to find somebody and they don't have a website You've or they don't have their information on their website. <laughs> so you're, if you don't have a website and websites are so cheap, like you can mm-hmm. go, you can, no, you can get one for like own. 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or we have a great person. If you need an introduction to somebody, we can recommend build your Oak website. City Technology. Yeah. Yes, but you can build your own. Yes. So, if you don't have your website up and running, then you are doing your business a disservice, yeah. and it does not have to be some crazy, over the top thing. Yeah. Um, but you do need to have contact information, a little bit about your business. Please. And, you know, the bare minimum and please, please, please have it so it is um, able to be viewed on a cell phone. Yep. Because most people check their email or do their shopping on their phones. So if it's not optimized for being on a phone, then... It's going to be like me. If I go to a website and it's not optimized for my phone, I click away and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Three quarters of our listeners listen from their iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we talk about marketing and why it's so important to track what you're doing, mm-hmm. we are big fans of tracking, mm-hmm. Mike and I. Yes. And 33% of small business owners don't know if their marketing's working because they're not tracking it. They're oh, not. That's low. That should uh, yeah, be it's probably higher. That should be flipped. It's pro- yeah. <laughs> um, those are the ones that actually have a marketing plan in place. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it's not that difficult to, to track mm-hmm. and see where you're, you know, ask. It could be as simple as asking where the business is coming from. Should when be. you get a new client, where's that business coming from? How'd you find us? How did you yeah. find us? Because you want to know if all of a sudden your last five five of your last eight clients came from Drago at Oak City Technology. Well, why don't you go take Drago out to lunch? <laughs> Say, hey, how do I get you know seven more from you? Take care of him. Find your re- your referral source and go find more of them. Yeah. Question for you. Yes. Quiz time. All right. According to small business owners, what do you think is the top characteristic that they think that they need to run a successful business? That they think they mm-hmm. need? Ooh. I would hope they would say, uh, see, I could go. I don't th- I think it's a trick question. So I don't think it's money. Uh, knowledge of the product or industry or just the will to want to do it. Self-discipline. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I see a lot in people that it's like when somebody would come to me as a real estate agent and they'd be like, oh, I want to get into real estate because of the flexibility and da 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 And I'm like, okay, you obviously are not a self-disciplined person (laughs) because- you have to be self-disciplined because there's nobody else there telling you mm. when to do and what to do. And you're, you know, you are it, you are your own boss and you have to. Tr- so, um, back when I was working a lot, um, with my financial advisors, 
and doing coaching with them, they would sometimes, you know, miss a meeting or show up late to something. And I would say, okay, you know, if you were working for someone else, would that fly? And let that be your barometer of whether that's right or not. So if I'm thinking about taking a day off, I'm like, hmm, if I ran this past my boss, would they okay that? And if it's a no, then it's a no. So you have to be thinking as if you were reporting to somebody because it's very easy for us to take advantage of. And then that financial advisor as the as a customer, if somebody you set a four o'clock appointment with and they were five minutes late, do you want to do business with them? Oh, hell no. Right. Nope. Exactly. Exactly. So self-discipline, really, really important. Um, I think that um, the ability to communicate, lead a team, um, and then the highest performing companies, when they did a poll to see what was driving the highest producing and performing companies, 90% of them that were at the top followed a formal guided sales process. And that is why I'm such a fan of, you know, whether it's Sandler sales training or whatever you subscribe to, do you have a process in place? Are you teaching your salespeople that process? Um, I think great examples when you walk into Moe's, welcome to Moe's. I mean, you know what you're going to get, right? When you go into Chick-fil-A, you know what you're going to get. So that sales process is so foundationally key it makes it repeatable and things that are repeatable are less expensive Mm -hmm. and things that are less expensive mean that there's more profit to go around Mm -hmm. and for everybody to share in and then you know if they're doing it your way and if they're not have a conversation if they're still not you make an adjustment but you know they're out there on your sales floor saying the exact same things you want them to say they're an extension of you yep Awesome. Well, again, um, Mike and I are thrilled to share this information with you. We also would just, I'm really curious why you got into business or why you're thinking of getting into business, because I'm going to start doing a little bit of my own research to see, I'll call it Trini Polls, find out what everybody's thinking out there. Trini Polls. Sounds no. like a strip club. I, yeah. And I'm not, I don't judge. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, we do also do business coaching, believe it or not, in addition to our podcast. So if you want to check us out, check out, we have a website. It has yeah. contact information. It has information about what we do. It has our upcoming events. You can um, find it on your phone. And you can, and it is optimized to look on yep. your phone. That so, it is. Um, wired2change.com with the number two. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.